Welcome to another episode of Connecting the Dots podcast. My name is H.F. Mason. I'm a general surgeon and chief medical officer at Baptist Memorial Hospital DeSoto and also the chief quality officer for the Baptist system. I'm Ginger Purvis and I am a nurse at Baptist Memorial DeSoto. Well, we are so excited today to have Gemma Jones on our podcast. She is the owner and founder of Spark Improvement coming to us all the way from the United Kingdom. And uh, she is an improvement coach and consultant. And uh, Gemma, we're very glad that you're here. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you, Harvey and Ginger. Uh, So yeah, so I'm an improvement coach and consultant. My original background was engineering. That's where I found my love of manufacturing and my love of continuous improvement. I always loved working with teams in factories, in organizations to improve the way they do things. And lean was my religion for a long time. You know, this is how how I lived, this is how I was taught. And then four years ago, I also discovered um, Kata. So I had the Toyota Kata books on my shelves. I thought I'd read them, I thought I understood them. I thought this is pretty simple. I, you know, I understand the patterns as as an engineer and a scientist. I sort of, you know, I understood the, the the logic and the thought processes behind it, but I hadn't actually put it into practice. Um, so then I started learning and I discovered this whole world, this whole field, uh, which has really transformed the way I think and the way I work. You know, uh, Kata has, has transformed our organization, but, you know, and, and this is the first of a four-part um, series and today we're going to focus on on the challenge and the importance of the challenge but before we before we get talk specifically about the challenge tell us you know we may have some listeners who they don't know what what the improvement kata is tell us just a little bit about what it is and what the purpose of it is okay so so toyota kata is something that was um codified and created by Mike Rother, who went out to Toyota um, in, you know, over a period of five, six years, observed Toyota and the way they were working. And he really wanted to understand why is it that Toyota are so great at what they do? Why is it that they've got all these great results and these great outcomes? We'd seen lots of people try to replicate what they what they did at Toyota by copying some of the artifacts, you know, the 5S, the Kanban, the value stream mapping. But so often people were unsuccessful and they were unable to sort of replicate the success of Toyota. And so Mike and his team went out to observe the way they worked. And what he noticed and what he saw and has now codified is this this way of this scientific way of thinking and acting. He saw people at all levels using this methodical scientific approach to making change, to make improvement and to experimenting their way towards big challenges. And he also observed um, the way that the management would act as coaches and help people to think and act in that scientific way. And so this wasn't just something that was happening just because of the culture. Um, It was actually something that the management team actually instilled in their people by practicing these ways of working. And so that sort of scientific way of thinking and acting, he he's sort of captured in a four step process that you've just mentioned, this four step process of having a challenge, um, you know, understanding where you're starting from, identifying a milestone on the way to the challenge and then experimenting your way forward. So he's sort of 
codified it down into these four steps. And that's what we call the improvement cutter. So that's what you can follow. You can follow those steps to help you think and act in a scientific way. And then there's also something called the coaching cutter, which is a set of questions that a manager or a person who's coaching somebody can use to help someone think and act in that scientific way to help someone follow the improvement cutter. So these two sort of key aspects, one is for doing and one is for helping someone do. Um, and those two aspects together are kind of what we call cutter. You know, I, I think you, you talked about Mike Rother and, and how he went out and 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 studied and observed. And I think the the interesting thing was is that, you know, Toyota they 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 weren't even aware of what they were doing. It's kind of like a fish doesn't know that he's yeah. swimming that it's it's swimming in water. And it, and it took somebody from the outside to come in. And as you said, you, you know, they have to codify it. But uh, yeah, the, it's. Um, that, that's great, but um, let's talk about the challenge. Okay, okay. So the challenge is where we start. You know, I describe the challenge, and I actually use a diagram to to illustrate this. I, I describe the challenge as the, a, a flag at the top of a mountain. So this is the place we're trying to get to that is far off in the distance. It's challenging. It's difficult. We we don't know kind of how we're going to get there. And I'm assuming we're not, you know, seasoned mountain climbers. OK, so we're just, you know, average person. I've got to get over there, up that mountain. And it's critically important that we're really clear on where we're trying to get to from the beginning. Um, and it's it's really important that we know what success looks like when we get there. We can't just say, you know, let's, you know, a, silly example but let's say if your challenge is to get healthier because I want to you know I want to be healthier and fitter we can't just say well I want to be healthier and fitter because you know that's that's very vague it's very difficult to to measure you know I'll I might be healthier and fitter tomorrow than I am today that doesn't mean I've achieved a challenge so we want to make sure you know we've got some specificity in there we've got some measurables in there you know so we know if we've actually met that challenge or not um, and we've also got to really make sure that it's um, that it's that it's meaningful and that it's important to the person that's going to strive towards that challenge. That's actually got to be meaningful. Um, it's got there's got to be a reason why that's important. You know, there's got to be something behind it, because if we're going to ask someone truly to strive towards something, there's going to be days when that gets really hard and there's going to be days when there are massive obstacles in their way and they just don't want to do it anymore. And they've got to have that drive inside them to keep going to, to you know, to actually have the energy and the excitement to overcome the obstacles and really try. Um, so, so, yeah, that challenge has got to be it's got to be meaningful and it's got to be really specific so we know when we've got there. Gemma, uh, how do you help the leadership? Because, you know, leadership is going to have maybe um, a broader focus and the, you know, the management is going to have us as a, uh, you know, more of a narrow focus. So how how do you help them both see the write a challenge together? OK, so sometimes here, sometimes in organization, you know, the the book is written the book, and when I say the book, I mean the Toyota Kata Practice Guide by Mike Rother. The book is written as if the leadership team hand the challenge down to an individual. Yeah. 
which which is a lovely concept to have. And I'm, that obviously happens at Toyota. And I'm sure there are organisations where that happens. But very often that's not the case. You know, there's not a very clear objective and challenge that is handed out that's cascaded down to people. So quite often um, a manager will have to create something, you know, that, that may or may not be linked to the to the strategy. And sometimes the actual learner, the person doing the challenge, the person striving is going to be the one who has to really define it. And sometimes there's um, you know, that that can be a that can be a challenge in itself. Um, but what I think what's really important is it depends on where the learner is at in terms of their CATA progress, in terms of their CATA knowledge. If they're brand new, if they're a brand new learner, and remember the, the purpose of, of having a challenge and being coached is to think in a different way. The purpose of being coached is not to achieve a challenge, it's to think in a new scientific methodical way. And so in a way, it doesn't really matter what the challenge is about, as long as it's something that is going to help that learner learn and practice that new way of thinking. If it also solves a strategic goal or gets us a bit closer to a strategic goal, then that's a bonus. But the really important thing is that this is meaningful to the learner that, you know, there's it's it's and also that it's a little bit daunting if, if they don't really know how to do it and it's a bit of a struggle they're going to be much more motivated to overcome that and learn and move forwards. So on the one hand, it doesn't really matter what the challenge is because it's about the thinking. It's not about the results. And on the other hand, it entirely matters what the challenge is because it needs to be meaningful, inspirational. It needs to feel a bit daunting. So there's that there's that that sort of there's two sides of that. It's you know, it's not important, but it's also really important. But I get where you're coming from, Ginger, in terms of, you know, the the senior leadership might have a very broad focus and the middle manager and really there that's about negotiation and it's about well actually I think it's the focus has got to be on the learner and where they're at as long as it's meaningful to the learner and you can keep the size of the challenge fairly small you know I'm used to working with people where the challenge is only six to eight weeks long and then you know you're you can see where they're getting their thinking to and then you learn about that learner and you know where you need to stretch them so the next challenge might be more strategic might be higher up or it might be more broad so you want to broaden their thinking and their experience so you can adjust it based on where the learner is at in their learning because that's what this is about it's about the learners learning it's not about achieving challenges they do that they achieve challenges but that's not the focus of the coach yeah, I, th I think you bring up such a <clears throat> such an important point is that, you know, we, we can have all the great tools in our toolbox, but it, it, until we change our thinking, th those tools are just, you know, they're inanimate objects. But but when you have the thinking that you need behind those tools, that's when the actual magic can happen. But and, and you may have answered some of my one of my questions because I was going to ask you, OK, how far out? should the challenge be you know we've heard a year or two years but but yeah you know you say, you you say that well that depends on the experience of the uh, uh of the um of the learner and, and where they are yeah absolutely you know in the book again in the practice guide it says that the challenge should be six months to three years out i think is the guidance that's given in the book 
Now, I, I really struggle to comprehend setting someone a challenge that's three years out and keeping them going, you know, through, th you know, three years is a very long time, especially nowadays. We don't know what's going to happen, you know, next year. And in my in my experience um, and the work that we've done in the in the Category Geeks, where we tend to keep the challenges very short, you know, with a brand new learner, I actually like to set them a two week challenge. We call that a boot camp style challenge where we do a very short two week challenge that they strive towards every day. And we'll pick something very small and simple, you know, learning how to juggle, learning how to do a handstand, learning how to um, write with their non-dominant hand, learning how to whistle through their mouth, you know, with two fingers in their mouth so someone can hear it 100 yards away. You know, we, we do a tiny little challenge and they strive towards that with a lot of teaching, but they strive towards that for two weeks. And for me, that gives them a really great reference point because it's so fast. They get to experience what it's like to grasp a current condition and, and do all those different steps. But they really work towards that challenge intensively over two weeks. Then I might switch them on to a six to eight week challenge and that's a norm for, for me and the work that I do that's a normal length of a challenge we found that to be optimum in terms of they've got enough iterations and experiments and target conditions in there but it's it's short enough that we can get more people through that process so six to eight weeks I think is a really great length of time um, especially for a new learner now, then I also, you know, I also work with people who are working on challenges that are three to six to eight to 12 months. But I think in it's in those short periods, you know, those shorter challenges that people can really build up their references and they can really build up those examples of what they mean by these things. And you really see their thinking accelerate very quickly. Yeah, um, so I was just going to ask you, can you talk a little bit about how you know when you meet your challenge? OK, how you know you've met your challenge. So if you've if you've had a if you've had a great coach who's made you, you know, articulate your challenge really well. So you've got some kind of measurable in there. You've got some kind of description, some kind of real clear explanation of what success looks like. Um, so, you know, let me give you an example. So the example I give in training is about running a marathon. So I might want to be able to run a marathon. I'm not a runner. I say that now. So to me, being able to run a marathon is a crazy, you know, off there challenge that I can't even imagine. And I don't understand how humans do that. So I could set my challenge as I want to run a marathon. Now, that's very vague. That's that's not specific at all. I've got no measurables in there. I can imagine what it looks like in my head. I know what I mean by running a marathon, but that's you know, there's not enough um, specificity around that for me to know whether I've really had success because I could run a marathon, but it could take me 24 hours to, you know, to limp it all the way, crawling on my hands and knees at the end. You know, I might have heart failure, you know, at the end because it's, you know, I've stretched my body too much. But if I instead said, you know, wouldn't it be wonderful if in six months time or a year's time, I've run a marathon in under four hours and feel fitter and healthier than ever? 
you know that then we've got a time frame so we know when we're trying to achieve this by we haven't just said i want to run a marathon you know sometime in the next mm. 20 years i've got a time frame i've got a measurable because i said i want to run it in under four hours because to me that feels like you know success i want to enjoy the experience and i want to feel really fit and strong because that's my why yeah I d you know you could just run a marathon for the sake of running a marathon but i'm you know in my head to me it would mean I am super fit and super strong and super healthy if I've been able to do that. So all of a sudden I've connected that thing that I could strive to do, but I've given it meaning and I've given it a measurement so I can very clearly say, did I do it in under four hours? Did I feel great? Do I feel fit and strong? And I know immediately whether I'm very clear on whether I've achieved that challenge. And so that's the kind of structure that I teach people to write their challenge in. You know, we've got We've got a when, we've got a date, we've got a what, you know, what, you know, what does it look like? What are you doing? I've run the marathon. How are you going to know? What's your measurement? And what's the reason why? Like link it. The last bit of the challenge statement should be a because or, you know, therefore it's a it's a reason why this is important to you, because that's what you're going to cling on to when it's getting really tough. Gemma, do you think that the reason that a lot of Kata projects fail is because there isn't a well-defined challenge, and 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 you know you you, you don't know when you've when you've won or lost. So that, so I find that hard to answer because I don't see that lots of Kata projects fail. And I'm being pedantic, I'm being pedantic and I'm being difficult, Harvey. But no, 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 yeah, no, no, that's no. okay. Because <laughs> in my world, they don't fail because we're super specific about the challenge, because they have a great coach who's there to look out for them, who's got a second coach who's going to support them, and we make sure it doesn't fail. And you know, definition of failure, it would be, you know, that the learner hasn't grown in their thinking. And I, I haven't seen that happen in a learning group that and that's not I'm not saying that to be you know obnoxious about me I'm talking about all no. of the learning groups that I'm that I observe in in my you know my community Skip likes to say that uh you know if the learner hasn't learned uh the teacher the teacher hasn't teacher, taught teacher, yeah the teacher hasn't taught for sure yeah absolutely absolutely but yeah I do think from stories I hear from other places I think the lack of clarity on the challenge is one of the aspects of why things may not be successful. Um, you know, I've, I have seen other people's challenge, you know, challenge statements where they're vague, where it's not clear and where maybe it's something that the leadership team decided is an important thing and they've handed it to someone and told them to go do it. If that person hasn't really got an invested reason other than my boss has told me to do this you know there's I, I think that's highly likely to be less successful they've really got to connect with it and understand and it's got to be a real driver within them and so in situations where I've been in where a leadership team have said to me Gemma here's a here's a challenge for this person I want you to go coach them I will then spend a lot of time with that learner actually tweaking the challenge statement or cheeking tweaking the scope of the challenge so that it is meaningful to that person and if I can't get to that place where I see their face light up when they talk about it because that's what I'm looking for I'm looking for them to look excited and for me to feel like this is a really meaningful thing 
then I will go back and forth between the leadership team and that person until we reach a place where they are. Because I'm not I'm not prepared to coach somebody who really, you know, who's not really bothered about this challenge. It, you know, who's only doing it because it's been handed down to them. Because I know that that's that, you know, I, I'm going to push them and I want them to strive and they're not going to be able to do that if it's not really meaningful. Um, Gemma, as a coach, how do you get your learner to really stretch and not just give them the challenge? How do you, if you're building that uh, challenge together, how are you really getting them to stretch without just giving it to them? So I am. Um, it, it's it's got to be their it's got to be their words and it's got to be their work. And there is times when I'm sat there and I think, gosh, I could write, you know, I could write this for you. I've got this framework. I've got this formula. I could write it out for you. And sometimes I am, you know, I have to sit on my hands and and try not to. But that's the job of that. You know, we're not there to do it for them. The coach is there to help them think and and stretch their thinking. So very often that process is is a back and forth. It's kind of a catch ball process of, you know, um, suggest and I might give suggestions and I might give I might give wild examples. You know, I'll often give my marathon running example as here's the difference, you know, between running the marathon and this other great example that's got all these, you know, these measurables and the reason why. So I'll give them lots of examples of other challenges and kind of things I'm looking for to put into it. But I will the learner really has to come up with the words. But my sort of measure for whether we're getting close um, is I'll ask them to score it out of 10 for three different things. So one of those things is, is this aspirational? Like, are you, does this thrill you? Like, are you really excited to get going? How are you feeling? Imagine you're at the top of that mountain. How does that feel? Are you thrilled? And I ask them to score that out of 10. I'll also ask them to score out of 10 how important it is. Um, so as long as it's not urgent, it shouldn't be something urgent. You know, if the building's on fire, we're not going to stand around a cat a storyboard and talk about how we leave. You know, this can't be urgent, but we want it to be important. So is this meaningful to you? Um, and again, ask them to score it out of 10 for that. And then the last one is whether it's it's something to strive for. Does this feel daunting? So I'm looking for this, you know, how thrilling is it? How, how thrilled do you feel? How meaningful is it? And how daunted do you feel? And unless they give me an eight out of 10 or above, sometimes a nine out of 10 or above, I know we're not there yet. Mm. And I'll have them go back and I will <clears> just ask them to put more detail in um, or, you know, I'll try and tweak their thinking and give them suggestions. But until I get an eight or a nine out of 10 for all three of those things, we don't proceed. Because it's got to be all three of those. It, it's got to have all of those aspects. Gemma, how do you encourage people when when they when they're start starting to learn the the uh, improvement kata? And and I remember when I was going through kata training, is that you know it feels so unnatural and it feels so slow. And and it feels like you're not making any progress and, and you're just kind of spinning your wheels. And, and, and how do you encourage the learners? Don't give up. Just stay with it. And, and, and it's going to make sense. Yeah. Eventually. Yeah, absolutely. That's entirely normal um, for, a, for a new learner and even a seasoned learner. You know, the, the coach is there to help you think and act in a different way. So we're asking you to do something different which can feel clunky. It can feel 
like this is going slow. You know, it, it can feel painful. It's different. Um, you can't see this because we're we're only on audio. But on my wall behind me, I have this picture of a what I call the change curve, which is a very normal phenomenon where, you know, we we start off fairly. Um, we might start off with something and feel a little bit anxious. But we, you know, we feel better quite quickly. We feel happy quite quickly because we're doing something different. We feel happy. This is good. This is exciting. But very quickly, we can kind of slide down this slope of resistance as stuff gets hard and different. We can sort of slide down this slope where we start to think, you know, this is different. I don't want to do this anymore. You know, that, that, you know, this feels slow. Why don't I just go and do the stuff I normally do? I just go and get my project plan out and we'll just go back to the way I managed things before. And that's entirely normal because we're doing something different. But as the coach, very often our role is to slow the learner down because they're very quick to race off to find a solution to to behave in the way that they've behaved for so long, which is kind of jumping to conclusions, using our biases and our assumptions that are all there to help us as humans to survive, but actually don't really help us solve problems and make change. And I had so you quite often have to reiterate to learners, my job is to slow you down because I'm trying to help you think in a different way. Um, and this is normal. And I know I know that this feels uncomfortable, but that's why I'm here. And I think so often the job of the coach is there to to put your arms around the learner and sort of give them a cuddle and explain that I'm here to help you trust the pro, you know, trust me and trust the process. And if you've done a good enough job of building that relationship with a learner, then they will trust you to do that. Um, if they feel that you're there to support them and look after them and you've got their best interests at heart, then they will trust you to do that. I'm a big I'm a big movie movie buff and it's like Mr. Miyagi in, in the karate in the karate kid you know Danny wants to he wants to be a instant black belt but you know next thing he's doing he's having to paint the fence and wax wax on wax off Absolutely. and uh, but it's it's those repetitive intentional practice that that yeah. becomes natural and so when you know, finally, he's 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 making the moves and blocking the the punches without without even thinking about it. Yeah, it's that wax on, wax off that almost, ev you know, everyone must have seen that movie. But the wax on and the wax off feels clunky, feels tedious. You don't understand why it's important. But then all of a sudden you see when he's in that championship and he's able to do those moves without even thinking. That's exactly what we're getting to. That's exactly what we're trying to build. We're building those patterns and habits so that people can perfect this skill of thinking and acting in this scientific way, of being able to not fall prey to our biases and our assumptions, to not jump to you know, conclusions and jump to a solution before we've really understood what's going on. We're building those habits in people. And it's it's tricky. It's hard. And, it, you know, that's why we need a coach. If this was easy, we could just all do it by ourselves and we wouldn't need a coach to help us through. Absolutely. And, you know, I think, you know. How applicable is the improvement kata in different sectors? I'm sure you've worked. You, you've worked with. You know we're in healthcare, and and, yeah. and we use kind in healthcare, but I'm sure it's it's even applicable in your. In, you talk about running a marathon in your everyday life. Absolutely. So, so I'm 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 one of the co-founders of an organisation called the Katagil Geeks, 
Um, sorry, Harvey, you can't join us. Um, Ginger, okay. is a <laughs> Ginger is That's a member. Oh, OK. All right. Good. Fabulous. So so as an organization, it, it started off as me and then it started off as me and Tracy Defoe, who I think is going to is going to follow me on one of these podcasts. Um, and I wanted to learn more about Kata and Tracy was helping me in my early stages of my learning. And we then opened it out and, and asked some of our friends in our in the community, you know, do, do you want to come and learn about Kata with us? We now have about 100 women who are across the world who come together twice or sometimes more often per week um, to learn about Kata. And one of the things we've done in that group um, is we run learning groups. So we pair up a learner and a coach and a second coach. Now, at the moment, we're on our eighth cohort of learning groups. And we've had we've had about 80 or 90 groups through in total. So 80 or 90 new learners have been paired with a coach and have done daily coaching cycles. So it's every day, every work day for eight weeks. Now, they have worked on a whole myriad of different challenges, almost everything you can imagine from work related challenges, you know, which are specific to their role and that are linked to their company strategy through to very personal challenges for an individual. So we've had people who want to learn a new sport. We've had people who are writing a book and who want to write the first draft of their book. We've had people setting up a side hustle business. We've had people who want to get back into their favourite dress that they haven't worn since they were in their 20s. We've had people doing a challenge. We've had one lady do a challenge based on having better conversations with her adult children. So we've had some real deep, you know, personal challenges that people have worked on. Um, and we've also had lots of work related personal challenges where people you know, want to have their inbox at zero or where they want to be able to do a, a particular do new skill. Yeah, all of us could <laughs> do with that. But, you know, particular skills that relate to the way they perform or the way they do their job, you know, not necessarily an organisational strategic challenge, but a personal work challenge. And I've seen people transformed by applying this in those ways. But like I said earlier, whatever the challenge is, it doesn't really matter as long as it's something that you can strive towards. But one of the other things we've done in the KGG is we've translated some of the starter kata from the books because the books are very manufacturing focused because that's where this comes from, sure. you know, and that's where it's been codified from. And that totally makes sense. But there's some things in those ways of working that that are more difficult to apply if you're working on a challenge that is not about production, is not about a manufacturing organisation. So tack time, for example, or planned cycle time or equipment downtime, you know, that's not always relevant in, in a challenge, depending on what it is you're working on. So we've actually worked to translate those starter kata and make them put them into a language that is more approachable and more applicable to people, whatever the challenges that they're working on. And um, even if, you know, even if it's nothing to do with manufacturing, if it's a very personal challenge. Um, so, yeah, it's. It, the, the improvement cata can be applied genuinely to anything as long as it's a strive is difficult. We don't know how to do it and we really want to get there. Well, Gemma, we could sit here and, and I'm sure Ginger and I, we could sit here and we could, you know, I could I could geek out. I'd be a, a kind of guy geek. 
That's uh, all right. I could I could geek out all afternoon, but unfortunately, we we're gonna have to kind of land the plane. But for people who want to learn more about about you and 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 your uh, your business, where can they go? So my website is sparkimprovement.co.uk, um, and I have. I have some information on there, some resources. You can find my coaching record as a download um, and some other things on there. Um, if you're a woman or you identify as a woman and you want to join the Catty Girl Geeks, um, you can email me on Gemma at catagirlgeeks.com and you'd be very welcome to come and join. Um, yeah, so people can find I'm also on LinkedIn, Gemma Jones Spark. So, uh, yeah. Well, Gemma, once again, on behalf of uh, Baptist Memorial Healthcare Corporation, we are so glad you you uh, are on the podcast. Um, we hope that you'll be back to join us soon. Uh, it, it's been a lot of fun talking to you. I'd love that. Thank you Thank so much you. for having me. Thank you, Gemma. I look forward to working with you with the KGG. Wonderful. Thank you both. Did Gemma spark your curiosity today? You're invited to learn more about Kata by joining the KataCon 9 Summit in 2023. This is where Lean Frontiers has gathered some of the world's most experienced Kata practitioners. We're not just describing presenters, we're describing you as well. So come connect with the Kata community, learn from each other, share your experience, and leave with new ways to help you and your organization develop your workforce. March 14th and 15th in Jekyll Island, Georgia. To learn more, Visit leanfrontiers.com slash katacon9.